Before we jump into the episode, I have to tell you about the newly renovated Sub-Zero Wolf and Cove showroom in Scottsdale. They've partnered with over 16 local designers and cabinet companies, of which I know most of them. I can say that this really helps give the immersive experience for anybody wanting to visualize their future kitchen. It's a place to start, experience, and bring your vision to life. Product experts assist you throughout the entire project, view an array of options, and see them in full-size kitchen vignettes. Turn knobs, open drawers, ignite flames, determine the best fit for you. Chef-led demonstrations provide the opportunity to ask questions of the experts that use them every day. Schedule your appointment at subzero-wolf.com backslash Scottsdale, or you can call 480-921-0900. We will never sacrifice on quality. The full body aspect of our product and the high quality quartz it really reflects in when you look at Cambria, there, it has the depth, it, it's clear. Um, it's because of the quartz crystals that are so clear and beautiful that then take on the colorways and the different veining structures that are so different than anything you see out there. And all of that is so intentional. Welcome to the AFT Construction Podcast. And today our guest is Summer Kath, who is the Executive Vice President of Design at Cambria. And it was great to have Summer in. We spoke a lot about titles and company culture. This was something that goes back to a couple episodes ago with Al Trellis, who really was big on company titles and how that can affect culture, empowerment, you know, dedication from the team. We spoke about just the application of, you know, from a large firm to a small firm, mentors, how they play a role, and how this can greatly impact our companies and businesses. A lot of great content, especially as we get into design and collaboration and our network and how those relationships play a big role in years to come. So without further ado, let's get started. So welcome to the AT Construction Podcast. And today we have a special guest in the studio, Summer Kath. Welcome, Summer. Thank you, Brad. This is such a cool room, I have to say. I yeah, it's amazing. And people get to see this room, but it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's it's interesting. We've you know been doing the podcast for three years now. Not very often do we get our guests here. I know you're from Minnesota. You happen to be in town. So the timing worked out perfect, but most of our guests are remote, so they don't get to see the setup here with uh, Greg behind the scenes. What he's done is pretty amazing. Greg, you did this. Greg, yeah, Greg <laughs> does a good job. He he has his Pool Chasers podcast. We've collaborated over the years. Oh, and that's amazing. Yeah, he does amazing work. And uh, for reference, Summer Kath, you're the executive vice president of Cambria. You know, we've done a lot with Cambria over the years. And um, it's interesting. When I asked you, you know, formal title, you had said EVP, which I assumed was executive vice president, but... And then we were kind of talking beforehand about titles, and it's interesting. I had a guest on um, just recently, Al Trellis, and he was big on titles and something that he said in the podcast that we used to clip on. He's like, you know, there's a lot of businesses that'll say titles aren't important, right? My team doesn't care about it, but usually it's the owner saying that, whereas the employees actually care. There's ownership, there's pride, there's... Totally. So so from your position, seeing your role to maybe when you first started Cambria to now as executive you know, vice president of design... You know, how does that play a role in kind of your day-to-day? You know, it, it it is so important. And I will say I started at Cambria 20 years ago. Wow. Yeah. I can't believe it. It's unreal how fast time goes. I mean, how long have you had your business? Uh, so I started AFT in March will be 10 years. So coming up on 10 years. It zips by. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when I started, I was a wee 25-year-old and... I think I started with the title of marketing manager and nobody really had titles because everybody was pretty much doing everything. I mean, you started your own business, Mm -hmm. right? You're kind of the, I do everything utility guy and things that you probably have no business in doing, but it's so fun because as I've grown up in this company, I was employee 30. Wow. We're now at 1900. Think about that. I don't know everybody's names anymore, which yeah. is bizarre. And um, but the, it just—it's impossible because we're a we're a pretty huge North American company. But as I was growing in my career and getting new titles, it is important. It it says something about you accomplish something and you're being recognized for it. And then when you have a business card, which mm-hmm. we don't really use business cards anymore, do you? Uh, I no, not do. really, but still, but there is something to it, maybe in your email, yeah. or even there are times we would pass maybe your contact info or whatever, but it is, people still see it, or the website. You yeah, know, yeah, exactly. I feel like I use less, but the trade show is coming up, we'll probably yeah. use them again. I mean, we'll use them at the trade show, yeah. Yeah, that's true. But 
you know, I will say I've gone from, you know, a manager to a senior manager to a vice president to one of the first female executive vice presidents in the family history, which was that was a really huge deal. You know, the day our CEO walked into my office and he said, and I was working directly for him, which is also a really cool thing. He said to me, Summer, I'm going to make you the first EV, the first female EVP in our company's history. And that was such an amazing feeling. It was like, wow. And I really felt like I earned it. And that, that means so much more. Well, it's interesting. I mean, you mentioned you earned it, what you had. I mean, there's a reason why you were promoted and you got to this position. But as you think about the empowerment, especially, you know, you're open to say, well, first female, you know, to be promoted to this executive position in the company and in the industry, right? There's a lot of males that are oh, I know. in construction and so in, in the process. And so there, there had to be some empowerment too with the tile that you can command the room and your position and especially, you know, fulfill that responsibility now with that title. You know, what also was really cool is there's a lot of females at Cambria, a lot of sale. We have, I mean, let's, a lot of our marker ups are, are women and it's so fun to empower other women. I've seen women, our marketing department grow and for them to get titles of VP and EVP and just, you know, rise, we all raise up together. And, and that team camaraderie, which is such an important part of our culture, and you don't see or feel that everywhere. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, the first lesson I had in this was because I didn't, it's hard to remember. I was an employee you know, before I started my company, like most yeah, of us. So right. coming out of college, it was a big deal. Like it was a big deal when I'd go home and tell my family or my parents, right? Hey, I'm just promoted to this title or this position. Um, you, you know, but what, as you get into the business, you kind of forget about that. And when I hired Spencer, he's my, he's now my director of operations. But when I hired him a few years ago, Adam, who's our senior, now he's our senior construction manager. I think, I, I can't remember what his title was at the time. And Spencer came in, he's like, Adam does so much with the company, has so much knowledge and know-how. Like, he should really be like this title to give him some clout. And we did that, and his demeanor totally changed. Like, he stepped in that position. He honored that, like, especially with clients and stuff. And to your point that even though we're not using business cards, but he's communicating with clients, right? There's a lot more authority because of his title. And so I saw them, like, it's something clicked, right? That was before our conversation today in the OWL episode. But I've seen how there is an empowerment and ownership from employees in that title that they want to get more out of it and get more for the company just by a simple title, right? Of course, there's compensation that aligns with that, but you know, there's a lot to that. Yeah. And it's neat when you first take on, because I've done this a couple of times, yeah. when you first take on a new title, that's a big one. You're kind of, you have the imposter, you know, feeling at sometimes, but you kind of fake it till you make it. You just, you, you level up, even if it's not there. You're like, I got to level up. I'm a VP now, or I'm a, you know, I'm a manager of people now. Mm-hmm. It's a neat thing. Yeah. And you mentioned the manager of people because that changes too, as your title changes, you're managing people. Now you're trying to understand leadership and, you know, how do I manage? What's the feedback? Is there a, a con- continuing education and training? Like, how have you maybe looked at that aspect just because you manage people and you're managing the, the design aspect of such a big company? You know, leadership training, How do, where does that come from? How have you learned in managing people? My best learning was through mentors in my life. I, I remember when I was in my late 20s and I got it in my head that I needed to show up to everything. The more you show up, the more you're going to put yourself in front of opportunities and people and surrounding yourself with people you want to be like it just helps you. And then you take them out to lunch. You sit down and have coffee and you just have conversations with them about their style, which another th- another thing about my management style and leadership style is I don't conform to others. I have my own style, which is a bit more relaxed. I'm not super intense, um, but that works for me. You know, I can't, I don't get crazy intense. Um, when you say conform, though, conform to others, are you mentioning to like others you're leading? Others who are other leading you. Or pressure maybe around yes. you? Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's great when you surround yourself with, you know, CEOs of other companies or, you know, female vice presidents of 
big companies in Minneapolis like Best Buy and General Mill who have been trained. I mean, they have amazing training programs. Now, let's go into our industry. Our businesses don't have those types mm -hmm. of – we are training on the job. Cambria and I grew up together <laughs> and still are. Still trying to figure it out. Like yeah, everybody. but when yeah, we all are. But when you're in those companies, and I wouldn't want to grow up in that company, I would have a really hard time, but you can learn some really key things that are a little bit more formal. And they help and give you insights and in, in how to effectively manage people um, and get the team going in the direction you know you want to get going for the business. And and it's tough. I mean, as you think about this, you mentioned mentorship. I mean, I look at, you know, where you're managing a lot of people and some of us probably listen to this episode may have three employees or 10 employees, maybe 17, such as myself. That's totally different than a couple hundred right. or 1900. You know, as you speak about mentorship, there's so much we can gain from other industries, right? Other entities and how other, you know, you mentioned General Mills and you mentioned Best Buy and companies that have a lot of structure and organization. You know, what are some of the mentors you've had in your career, especially from the female side, that have had a big impact on you? This is an interesting one. Not in um, big, you know, blue chip companies, but uh, one of our brand ambassadors was Cheryl Teagues. I don't know if we were friends. I think this has got to be like eight years ago. But I spent- I didn't even know Cambria then, so. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. Um, so we do you remember who Cheryl T. You're younger than me. So. <laughs> um, do you do you know who that is? I don't. Oh my gosh. Oh uh, yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, so Cheryl Teagues was a model. She was a supermodel in the days before Christy Brinkley. She was one of the first supermodels to be on the Time cover three times to actually have a name associated with her. So she was epically famous and um, from Minnesota. But she then moved to California and became this huge supermodel. She was our brand ambassador for eight years. And if you can- For Cambria. For Cambria, okay. yeah. And at that time, part of my job in marketing was to manage our ambassadors. Uh, Mariel Hemingway also was one of our ambassadors. Um, but Cheryl was very, she was an amazing mentor because she taught me how to handle any pressure um, anything around, you know, that came at you that could blow up your ego with grace. And she taught, every, she she um, treated everyone just as a friend and as equals. And it was, she was just so fascinating to me because I have met so many celebrities or people, you know, with that stature that were just mean or didn't really care. And she taught me to, you know, Give grace to yourself, but also just care for humankind all over. And to me, that was a huge part because as a manager or a leader, everyone around you matters. And you have to treat people with respect and, you know, be kind. It's really hard. It's interesting. I, I think some of the most powerful influences I've had, similar to you, Summer, is I look at people that maybe had the clout to have an ego per se along with them, but they have this ability to really... Um, look at you, make eye contact, mm -hmm. listen, right? It's easier said than done, but to be normal, like you may have this imagination of who someone is, you know, that you've seen on TV or seen online or, you know, but then you meet them and you're like, wow, they're way nicer, you know, more um, presentable than I thought, right? They're more direct. Whereas some are just like you mentioned, they have this ego or like I'm better than you or they don't really have time for you. And you can feel that, like anyone can feel that. And so, it's tough, but it's interesting that you had learned that early on and how that affects you as a manager because when people feel that they can trust you, right, and that they can relate to you, that they're, they are going to work harder and be more passionate about what they do. And I think you can take that into developing relationships and business development for a business. And that was a part of one of my roles I had at Cambria was I built up a business development team. This is when we were doing Cambria style magazines with celebrities on the covers and, you know, artists who were doing performances for our huge charity events like Steven Tyler and Zach mm -hmm. Brown. And so I was kind of the tip of the spear going out and developing those relationships and bringing them in and then making them work for us in so many different ways. And I think that when you can be relatable and get people to trust you, you can take that anywhere. Yeah, it's interesting. So with that role, as you're working with, you know, these ambassadors for the company, you know, was this a strategic element of Cambria? As you're thinking about marketing, you know, Cambria's trying to build their brand recognition and, you know, their notoriety and, and reach, if you will. 
did was that intentional to go after some of these A-list celebs? And you mentioned Cheryl Teague. She's from Minnesota. So again, back from home homeland, right, of Minnesota. You know, how did that play a role in the marketing and growth? <clears throat> yeah. So, you know, in the beginning, <laughs> you know, our ownership built this countertop business from scratch. You know, we were coming into this industry with zero clout. I mean, it was ground up. And so we had to build a brand both on the consumer side and on the trade side. So we needed the push pull. And but we didn't have a huge budget. I mean, we were a shoestring budget, but the whole point was to how can we make ourselves look bigger and larger mm -hmm. than life on a smaller budget? And so we learned in the very early days, um, we did some endorsements on radio, which was kind of theater of the mind with mm -hmm. one of the top talk show hosts. And it just drove, just in Minneapolis, drove crazy demand because this um, very influential and relatable personality said, I just put Cambria in my home and it's amazing. You need to have it. It's a superpower, you know, stone. Our phones went berserk. We went from 14 day delivery to, oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> How are we going to keep up with this? How are we going to keep up? And that was amazing. That was just a tiny, you know, small scale. And, you know, our um, Marty Davis, our CEO, very smart guy. He understands relationships and influencers before they were even called influencers, mm -hmm. which is so neat. This is 20 some years ago. And then we got into the Cheryl Teague's ambassadorship, which helped us not only, you know, putting her on the cover of our magazine and doing ads, where at that time, you know, our core audience were the people that grew up with her pinned up on their wall. <laughs> she, mm -hmm. There's some pretty epic pinups that she had. And we learned that, you know, through these influencers and ambassadors, it was a good strategy because um, it wasn't the multi-million dollar Super Bowl commercial. We couldn't afford that at that time. And there were very there were a lot of regional offshoots of influencers, but um, we also started, um, you probably heard of Camp Cambria mm -hmm. for kids. I with, do. Yeah, I remember hearing about that. Do you, have you ever come to one I of our concerts? I haven't come, but I've seen like some of the videos and photos and stuff, you know, that you've done. It's pretty amazing. Oh my gosh. So that was a neat one. Whole story there, how we got into juvenile arthritis, but to raise money, um, and Marty and his, his, his brother Mitch were so smart because they live on this amazing lake in Minnesota, Minnetonka. Have you been yet? I haven't. Okay, next time you come. So I need to go. <laughs> I love summer. Minnesota. I've only been there a few times, but it's a pretty place. I mean, do you remember Purple Rain uh -huh. when Prince says you need to uh, baptize yourself in Lake Minnetonka? Yeah, and then that's he, she jumps in. That's not Lake Minnetonka. Oh, it's not? <laughs> that was the movie. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so this is an epic lake. You know, it's like the Hamptons mm -hmm. of Minneapolis. I guess I can call it that. And there is an empty lot where we would host concerts um, to raise money. And we would raise, I mean, a million dollars for each concert minimum. And that's where we brought in, you know, Zach Brown Band and Steven Tyler and a number of other very huge bands. And through that, we put them on, a co on the cover of Cambria Style. And then we would do other offshoot regional events with them that just helped raise and elevate Cambria in our stature. And that really helped at that time. And then it, there came a point where we didn't have to do the big celebrities anymore because we had, our brand had expanded through all these relationships and really leveled up. It's the same thing when you see, you know, an actor with a, you know, driving a Buick. Did you think a Buick was cool until, who was it? Tiger Woods. Tiger or Woods yeah. <laughs> was driving a Buick. And then all of a sudden you're like, a Buick is actually yeah. not my grandfather's car anymore. Right. Right. And so there is, I mean, we all know that, right? Celebrity endorsement, it works. And that's why people do it. But it's very expensive. We found a way to do it through charity, right? So we could get these people involved um, with our charity. And then we would also get involved with their charity. It's it's brilliant. And, and and if I interrupt you for a minute, what's interesting about that is you think about the humanitarian side, right? Mm -hmm. So here local and they're not in Minnesota because of their business mall, but in and out, right? The burger yeah. chain, right? That's oh, I know. West. My kids like crave it when they come here. <laughs> like, we can't have it at home. Yeah. So it's interesting <laughs> about in and out. Like you think about price wise, uh, you know, it's very comparative to, you know, most of the fast food chains. You know, five guys is kind of double the price, a little different operation. But going back to kind of the the thought process here. What's interesting about In-N-Out is they're really big humanitarians. So mm. years before, you know, sex trafficking with youth has been a big thing. In-N-Out's been like big on this charity fundraising. They they have this slave to nothing where they help kids, you know, foster homes and sexual abuse and sex trafficking and stuff. And they've been doing this for a long time. And the humanitarian side, right, is such a big part of their brain, just as Cambria's done with Cambria Camp, right, Camp Cambria. And what I've seen is that 
you know, it's easy for someone to look at Cambridge and say, well, this is a big corporate corporation. They have the money. Well, hold on. Like a lot of people ask, well, Brad, how do you build a small company? Like, how do you get your name out there? Well, you know, I've, we, we worked at the homeless men's shelter, right? And Mesa as a company, there's, there's time where we can take our whole company next year. We're going to be working with, there's a couple service projects that are helping, you know, they need labor. You know, these are low income homes where they just need people to come do the work. Perfect. I could take my team. We can go serve and go do that. Right. And so there's little ways we can do things, sponsor our kids, you know, mm-hmm. my daughters, you know, who have been cheer musical theater, we can sponsor. And so there's little things to get involved in the community like you've done. And again, that's another way that you've built kind of the brain and reach to Cambria. Yeah. And also I think it's important when you're developing relationships with, you know, whether it's the trade or designers or influencers, you're supporting their charities as well, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that goes a long way that you really care about like if you had a charity and we sponsored your charity because we care about what you're involved with and all the efforts that your employees are taking their time to go out and make a difference. And you mentioned that it's just one thing I've realized is that one key to life, some of the people that I'm closest to is people that I've served with in any aspect. It could be charity. It could be a religious thing. It could be, even work. Uh, as you serve by side by side, there's a different relationship that's built. And you mentioned, you said this a couple of times, you know, Marty and yourself and the company's big on relationships. Well, these relationships grow into something bigger because mm-hmm. of the time you spend side by side, especially when you're doing something, you know, like the charity work you've done. And you, you want to work hard with people you like and that you're friends with. And I mean, that's what we do at Cambria. It's interesting. So now, you know, you've seen the company evolve. What's interesting, the kind of backstory, my introduction to Cambria, I didn't know much about the brand. You know, we had used a lot of different countertop products. And um, I was invited to like a builder summit, you know, at Cambria with a lot of other builders. Took the plant tour. Yeah, everything. <laughs> so I came out, you know, took the plant tour, got to see, you know, American manufacturing behind the scenes, got to see like the cleanliness and I, I still remember one thing, you know, we've been big on site cleanliness and I remember hearing on the tour, they're like, Hey, the, you know, Cambria, the main facility has a lot of grass. It's really pretty set up. You have cameras. So when someone comes in for the interview, if they're walking on the grass, they don't hire them. <laughs> right. I remember and that stuck out to me. Cause I'm like, if they don't stay on the sidewalk, don't they walk on the grass. On the grass. <laughs> yeah. But what's interesting, it just kind of shows the type of person you're looking for, right? Someone that actually cares about, you know, just a lot of things that they're aware, right. And someone that's aware is going to be a lot more proactive. And so that had a big impact on me. And I'm sure that's how that bleeds through the culture. Um, and it's interesting because since that, you know, I've always been big on these little things like right now the World Cup's happening. And what's interesting, there's all these videos of the Japanese fans. So Japan plays and the Japanese fans after the game, they go clean the stadium. Oh, and so they're wow. in bags. They go get bags. All the fans and they're picking up their trash on their side where all the Japan fans are sitting. And then they talk about the Japanese soccer team. They're in their locker room when they're done. They're folding the towels. They're leaving it. They're leaving origami even. And I'm like, what a culture. Like, Nash- I, I mean, who does it. that? Like, And so there, there's something taught there and there's some ownership. And to me, it's fascinating. How can we incorporate that in our company, right? Those little examples that Cambria has that the Japanese fans have. I mean, it's just amazing. It is all the million little things that really make the difference. It's funny when you say don't sweat the small stuff. Actually, sweating the small stuff is really important because all of it contributes to some really big things. Um, It's funny. I read an article one time about Marty and his brothers, and I think even his father, they all played football at St. Peter um, High School. That's where they're from, St. Peter, Minnesota. And that football coach was so adamant how they kept their lockers. The, the cleanliness and organization of the lockers was everything because that attention to detail then translated in how you had detail and organization on the field. And same thing, you know, at Cambria, whether it's, you know, the SOP of cutting the grass or how do you keep your trunk? How does a salesperson keep their trunk organized? You know, it's interesting just hearing that, but the, how you break that down and you think about that affects company culture. Mm-hmm. It affects the brand. It affects kind of the marketing strategy. So many elements, why people are attracted to the brand. And one thing that's unique to me are the people. So going back to that is I'm in Minnesota and a uh, former client of mine who is my business mentor, he, he unfortunately passed away this past June, Dave Clark, but Dave made his wealth in the dairy industry. 
He's from Wisconsin. Oh. And he's like, Brad, what are you doing at Cambria? He's like, I know the Davis family. Like <laughs> oh, yeah. he knows him personally. Oh yeah. He's and he knew the whole story because again, yeah. he was in the whey protein and you know, really involved with the Davises on a lot of collaboration stuff, you know, from the which is where the Davises started, you know, and uh, without breaking down their story, but what's interesting is since that moment, you know, the people I met and what's unique to Cambria, as you mentioned, you know, like the local sales reps. And I come back and I reach out and within like five minutes, you know, I reach out to my local Cambria people, they're contacting me, they bring samples. I've since that relationship, you know, the the amount of customer service is unique. And not every brand has that, especially a brand as big as Cambria. And I think that's really unique and goes to kind of the core culture and probably stuff you've seen in your last 20 years working there. It's amazing what I've learned and, and what is so important. And it is all back to the people. It really is. And it's, you know, I've seen a lot of people come and go and that it's not the right culture for them. But that culture in 20 years, it has evolved because it's refined, right? You bring in new people that bring new inspiration that build the company even more in a really amazing trajectory, which I love because there's a lot of people who have moved around and then they get new cultures and new experiences that kind of mold them and create more variety. <clears throat> if we didn't have people coming in and enhancing our culture, we would really be kind of single-sided. And um, But the heartbeat of Cambria where, you know, Marty will say um, that work ethic is in your root system. Where, you know, he, he will liken it to if you're at the grocery store, you're the person that when you take your cart out mm -hmm. to your car and load up your car with groceries, do you leave the cart there or do you return the cart to the grocery store? What do you do when people aren't looking is when you know that that ethic is in your root system. Yeah. And it's hard. Like, is there, and you've probably been involved in like hiring and, you know, working oh, yes. through that process with employees. How do you find that? You know, is it a competitive side? Um of the person, is it a drive that you can pick up on? Because as you mentioned, I love the shopping cart example because I'm big up on the shopping cart <laughs> yep. away. And there's actually on social media, there's a guy who like um, goes around and follows people and don't put it away. And they get like really mad that he's like filming them and stuff. And instead of like just go open away, like they like fight him in every way. But it's just interesting that something that's small, right? It just kind of shows the core culture of who you are as a human, right? Yeah, no, it's a really good question. How do you detect that? How, you know, what are the indicators that this person's going to be a good fit? Um, and I think a number, you know, a big part of it is how they talk about their work and how they go about their day. What excites them? Are they passionate about their work? I think one of the number one things you have to have so much, take so much pride and be passionate about your work and the brand that you work for, that that's going to drive you because you're obsessed with it. We're obsessed with quality. We're obsessed with, you know, treating people fairly. And, you know, we're obsessed with having a great time. Um, and you can just tell that when you're talking to somebody and they talk about their life and they talk about, you know, what they do when they're not at work. Um, what excites them? You know, what are their passions in life? If someone, you know, has no passions there <laughs> that might be a problem but you know if they might be just obsessed with their work um but yeah you can just feel it and how their voice raises and and gets more enthusiastic about what they do this episode is brought to you by pella windows when it comes to building homes at aft almost every project has pella windows and they've been just an incredible partner of ours and locally sammy and adam they are not only amazing business partners behind us but they are super close friends and I speak on the podcast all the time about the importance of relationships, right? Relationships with our customers, with our vendors, with our suppliers, because at the end of the day, I'm only as good as those that help our brand and assist us in our projects to, to take it from the ground up all the way to completion. And if we didn't have partners such as Pella, there's no way we'd be who we are today. Over the years, we've built this amazing relationship. When we call them or email them, they respond. They're quick. Their they're company culture, their integrity, their honesty, you know, they are always there to do what's right for us and the customer. They can do anything from small replacement projects to large custom homes and even multi-million dollar commercial projects. And also, when you think about their product line, they can do ultra contemporary, historical preservation, and large traditional projects. So for anyone, any scale, any size, they're the ones to call. They're here local. You know, they have an amazing Instagram. Make sure and give them a follow to see what they're doing. So if you need windows and doors, give Sammy and Adam a call. 
We stand behind Pella. We love what they do, their culture, their brand, and especially their quality. And if you want to learn more about Pella Windows, check our show notes. We'll have everything tagged there so you can give them a follow and have their contact information to reach out. For those of you that have listened to the podcast, you know how big of a fan we are of Build a Trend and that we have used this software for the last four years. And many of the guests that we've brought on the podcast are also Build a Trend users. And in this day and age, with as busy as all of us are in construction, as complicated as it is with escalation pricing, lead times, tracking, organization, all of us need a good project management software to help simplify and organize our business. And there are a couple features that we love a ton about Build-A-Trend. And one is the owner portal. The other is the daily logs. And these are features that we use daily, right? Half of my clients are out of state. And as an owner, it is so imperative how we communicate with our clients, with our team, with our customers. And through Build-A-Trend, this allows us that quick connection. They can check at any time. We can communicate with them. We're up to date. This has actually helped us win jobs, win projects because of that organization, especially at pre-construction. And Build-A-Trend also offers a ton of service on the back end, training and understanding and workshops you know, to help us use our software effectively. They also have the podcast, The Building Code. To learn more, head to buildertrend.com backslash AFT to get a 60-day money-back guarantee on your Build-A-Trend account. That's 60 days to make sure you love this product with no pressure, and I know you will. Part of the reason why I love working with like our vendors and partners right, that supply amazing product to us as a builder is you know we can see as a builder kind of things that you're doing right at Cambria that I'm like oh that's really smart I should implement something you know to that effect in my company I even look at you know it's one thing to have you know all the vehicles look the same and yeah there's a branding aspect but more there's a professionalism and I mm-hmm. look at like the Cambria techs that come out it's pretty rare I mean to be honest I mean we do a lot of Cambria it's pretty rare that we have techs come out and service it but on occasion they do and they're very like professional yes. they're dressed you know professional you know the the way that the a customer service side communicates with our customer. And it's like this really organized process. And so many of us, as I apply this to the building side, we're good at maybe selling the job or maybe good at coming in and starting construction. But how are we on servicing that? How are we in our warranty department? How are we, you know, in that relationship down the road? Right, yeah. And there's a lot of things to learn from Cambria to do that. You know, this, as you mentioned, this passion in the brand, how do I instill that in my employees and, you know, our process? Give them a better title. Right? <laughs> Comes back to, to the very beginning, give them a better title. You know, lay them out. Systems, as you mentioned, systems and organization and yep. backup and support and all the things that they need. You know, what's interesting is Cambria, you're, uh, some of you and the team are really involved in our net zero build. We're doing, you know, the Desert Comfort Experience. It's uh, also in conjunction with the iconic home here in Phoenix. So it's like the net zero house of the year through Professional Builder. And this has been big. It's been a big part of our company over the years, again, in building science and homes that are more sustainable and, you know, use less energy and are better for the environment in so many ways. So, you know, Cambria, why did you want to get involved in the Net Zero Home? And I know that you also have products that are, you know, working in that line of sustainability as well. Yeah. I mean, I think we're getting to the day here soon where it, that's just the way we're going to build, right? <laughs> it, when you would talk about it as being sustainable, it just will be. Um, has to be. Has to be. And, you know, we're kind of in that moment where we're moving in that direction. But, you know, since the beginning, Cambria has always been committed to sustainability and energy efficiency, obviously for many reasons, but also for the planet. Um, if you look at the fact that we are, you know, domestic, we're right mm-hmm. here in the middle of the country in Minnesota, and we're vertically integrated. So we own all three. We have three now of our quartz mines, uh, which are in Canada. Mm-hmm. All so, three are in Canada, right? All three are in Canada. Yeah, mm-hmm. not too far away. Right. So, I mean, therefore, you're, you know, you're not seeing containers mm-hmm. of Cambria unless we're selling, you know, obviously globally, but we're really focused on North America. Yeah. So just from so a carbon- So it helps carbon-wise, Yeah. Yeah, from a footprint mm-hmm. standpoint, we're here, um, and that also controls our quality. Mm-hmm. So all that quartz, we get to actually use the best of it. And we have enough quartz for hundreds of years. So from a sustainability standpoint, we're not pillaging you know, all over the planet. We're in one place, and we're taking really good care of that land. And then when you go to our plant, our million-square-foot plant where mm-hmm. you've been, mm-hmm. and since you've been there- It's grown. Oh I was gosh. just there in June, so you had just opened up another side to help with some of the luxury product, you know, it's 
Absolutely. That is one of the most exciting things. I can talk about that in a minute Mm -hmm. (laughs) because that's our $1.6 million expansion that literally opened last month. And yes, those luxury products are going to start flowing like wine, which is exciting. Which is great. Yeah, you, know, you like that. <laughs> um, but back, you know, back to our plant. I mean, we recycle a hundred percent of all the water, and we use a lot of water. If you think about the tooling, I mean, you saw it, mm-hmm. right? To to be working with stone, and uh, we have on site. You saw them. Yeah. Those water filtration. I mean, we just added two more for the sixth line. And 100% of the water is recycled, and we save 1.6 million or 1.6 million gallons of water a year. So that alone, and then you it's know, huge. I mean, we're in the desert here. You're here visiting the desert, right. and water's a big thing. <laughs> but it's a big thing everywhere. And just to be able to reuse it, and I know that when I was there, they showed, you know, here's how we recycle and use that because water is prevalently, I mean, predominantly used in what you're doing, and it's you know. In, in the manufacturing side as well as the, you know, cutting side. That's and right. Fabrication. Everything else, yeah. Yeah, so that's huge. We've always done that. And then we, in 2020, launched four recycled products. So we now have, down the road about a mile from the facility, we have a crushing facility. So any Cambridge products that are rejected or maybe not used at the fab shop, we crush everything up. And, you know, we parse out the ones that are usable. And we've created four designs made from that recycled Cambria. It is pre-consumer, but it is using recycled of our own products. I know competitors use recycled glass or other things. So we're really trying to just reuse all, all of our materials. And then some of the crushed up Cambria we actually use for roads. We sell it. We donate it. So we're really trying to just reuse as much as we can. I love that. So I mean, to, to that point, you said pre-consumer. So essentially, it's not like someone who's buying this product is going to have something that's in someone else's house. Right. Whatever, right? I mean, there's a reason it's rejected. The quality maybe didn't match. That's right. But you're using that. And then as you mentioned, there's still product that you can use for roads and infrastructure and stuff that's going to be consumed anyways. But here, let's help to that. And I know Kohler, I've had Kohler on. I've been in a Kohler plant. Same thing. They have their Ansacks mm-hmm. tile line, which is recycled. And they're yep. really big on this. And it's really important, you know, to see these, you know, manufacturers of big size, such as yourself, that are really caring about... How can we maximize, you know, all the product we're using to not only benefit the customer, but also the environment at the same time? We all have to do our part. And you you as well, because you're doing this net zero house. And I'm assuming that your practices are now probably more sustainable than, than they were 10 years ago. Most definitely. And I love that. This is one of the things I love about social media is, mm-hmm. truth be told, you know, when I was young out of college and first getting into construction, you know, you heard about like green and lead certified and stuff. And uh, there was a movement, but you know, like the net zero passive house and like low carbon, you know, that, that really makes an impact. There's a lot of education on that. There's mm-hmm. a lot of information out through YouTube and social media. And I've seen as a brand that the customers actually care about this a lot. And, you know, for those listening, I think it's really important, whether you're a designer, architect, or builder, to think about, well, how can I position my company? I've seen how doing this project, um, just selfishly from a business development side, we have a lot of net zero product coming now, projects for wow. clients that have seen that. And they're like, Brad, we oh, didn't yeah. know builders doing that in Arizona. And you're in the desert. And how can we build a home that's like more sustainable and not can use a ton of energy and be off the grid? And, you know, it, and, and it's been amazing now that we have these, this understanding and these, not just the technology and, and support from our manufacturers, but also the education for my team to understand how to put these homes together in this way that'll, you know, that'll last a really long time for our customer and for Phoenix, right? You're going to have so much demand. Uh, it's working. Yeah, it's, it's happening. The demand's <laughs> it's increased. It's happening. Yeah, and they're coming from all over. I have clients from oh the Pacific gosh. Northwest and New Mexico and the Midwest, Minnesota, mm-hmm. that are really big on this. And what's unique about this house, a net zero home, that um, is that, and it's going to be fun as we take the public through and, you know, I can take some more vendors through as, as we finish, but it's all, there's so much glass, like, you know, and there's, hmm. it's a modern home and you can do something that really resonates with a very current and modern design. And most people think of like net zero, well, I have to have a ton of walls and, right. you know, the energy loss. and But you can still do these really magnificent wow. designs and still achieve net zero. And we're so proud to be in the house. I think yeah. we have some of our Britannica, Britannica Warm, which uh-huh. are iconic Cambry designs. Yep, they are. And so speak to that now, especially as you've seen the company grow, you've seen the demand increase. You know, how was this impacted? You know, COVID changed you know, probably the amount of labor you could have in there, but it also changed, 
you know, demand because so many people were building and remodeling their home and, you know, looking at their lifestyle. Like if I get locked at home again, I can't travel, you know, and people wanted offices. And so your demand went through the roof and we know supply chain is tough to manage. How has that affected, you know, Cambria, especially now building and extending the plan as you did? Yeah, once we got through those scary months that we all went through, um, it, yeah, I think we're all in this industry <clears throat> feeling it. And you talk about supply chain, and I know everyone's been feeling that just with your materials. I'm sure you're building materials, um, plumbing supplies, appliances. Um, the one good thing, because we are vertically integrated and domestic, you know, we control our material. Um, so our only, I would say the only struggles we've had through this last two years is finding employees. And you probably are feeling mm -hmm. that also. I think, I think we everyone are. can relate to that. Everyone can relate. I mean, in Minnesota, we are probably, we're 2% unemployment. We're one of the lowest in the whole country. And, um, but we we're finding the people and we're keeping it going. And now that we have this line six open, I mean, for us, it was more about the capacity internally. It wasn't about getting materials or things that we needed externally. Um, we can't OEM our product. You know, we have state of the art technology that we invented to do designs like Britannica and beyond. And um, that's why we had to add that line six. And we were going to add line six, which is what you saw the makings of mm -hmm. um, in 2020. Yeah. And that got kiboshed. Yeah. <laughs> so it got delayed. And, you know, this is equipment that we order from Italy, bring in and also design our own. That takes 18 months to 24 months to order, design, implement, and go. So you think about planning for growth with that. You really have to plan ahead. So for us, those are more of our challenges um, whether it's in a pandemic or, you know, who knows what's going to happen, you know, next year, um, you know, obviously with inflation. Um, but we're we're feeling pretty good. I mean, we're looking at what does that next line look like? Line seven. We have to now because you have to plan two years in advance. It's interesting to start thinking about <clears throat> that. You have to plan for growth. It has to be in a, you know, very organic way so you don't grow too fast and but grow too slow and you can't meet the demand and customers go elsewhere. I mean, it's a really fine line to balance. What's interesting, you spoke to just the sophistication, the designs and product. I think what's unique about it, I know and some of my customers, and I know we're doing it on the Net Zero build, is that a lot of, I shouldn't say a lot of, but there's other brands that maybe it's, it's you know, surface layer design. It's not all the way through like Cambria. So like Cambria, I can butterfly a slab. That's right. And That's right. I can mirror it and now I can book match it and I could put in a backsplash on an island, which I'm already doing. You know, how tough is that to think about? Well, you know, these, like you mentioned, this is real quartz, like all the way, bleeds all the way through. So just the sophistication of the product itself to be able to butterfly it and then mirror it now. You know, for me as a builder and designer that's, you know, looking to integrate that in our homes. Yeah, I, I will tell you <clears throat> that we do not spare for innovation at Cambria. That is one of our largest values and pillars that since the very beginning at 20 years ago when I started in this business and I didn't get into the design aspect till about 17 years ago so I, but I've been it's been the good ride of us innovating and creating designs that are inspired by marbles or even things that aren't even done in nature and for us you know for, number one we will never sacrifice on quality the full body aspect of our product and the high quality quartz it really reflects in when you look at Cambria, There, it has the depth. It, it's clear. Um, it's because of the quartz crystals that are so clear and beautiful that then take on the colorways and the different veining structures that are so different than anything you see out there. And all of that is so intentional. Doing the butterflying or even now we have, I don't know if you knew this, we have a super jumbo slabs. I've seen that. I've, actually, they it? had some there and that's a huge thing because- Everyone knows, you know, some of our clients are demanding bigger islands, mm -hmm. you know, more entertaining. This yes. goes back to the COVID thing. They're having more people at their home. We just had Thanksgiving, right? So people are looking at that element and the jumbo slabs do cater to our clientele. They're the super jumbo. Then now they don't have to have seams, which That's is a right. big part of that. 76 square feet. Mm -hmm. It's incredible <laughs> for one slab. Yeah. And yeah. Th th there's some configuration too, because machines, you know, as they're making this, you know, there's some limitation. Right. There's limitation in, you know, shipping and, you know. Getting it to carrying it on site, yeah. <laughs> carrying on site, the weight right for my team to install it. It's a big thing you have to factor yep. in all that. 
Yep, that's right. But the demand's there, just like our multi-sliders. They want bigger windows and bigger slabs, bigger sliders. You make it happen. You figure it out. So how, you know, and and with that, you know, you mentioned that line seven may open. How has that changed just maybe, I don't want to say the bottleneck, but just as you're trying to create... You know, how many designs does Camry have now? Like 230 or something? Oh, my gosh. I've lost track. Yes, over 230. And we have suspended designs. You know, if you think back to the very early days of what courts looked like, it was very small particulate and a lot of earth tones, things that people just aren't using today. Mm-hmm. So we've kind of put them on, sh- on the shelf. You have to. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, our objective is to, you know, be your one-stop shop. We want to have something for everyone. Whether it's in the residential high-end luxury, which is where you play, um, or it's in the commercial world, in mm-hmm. healthcare, or, you know, Gensler, we did a collection with them, the coordinates collection. It's basically whites, grays, and blacks, which are all very, you know, solid and tone-on-tone, tone, and there is a place for that. And really what we want to create is the opportunity for um, our customers to curate and edit their own palette. So when you walk into a kitchen and bath dealer, for example, they're not going to have all 240 designs. They'd be like a super center. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And it's too much, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, you probably see this with your homeowners. You can't put too many options Mm -hmm. in front of them. They they were to get confused. I shouldn't say confused, but what's funny is they'll be on Pinterest or Hauser Instagram and they'll come the next day, Brad, I saw you post this. Can we do this? And so, yeah, it's it's just like, I want this. I want to do this. And so you have to really you know, try to cultivate that even in, in a large home or project. Absolutely. And, you know, that's what our sales reps do when they walk in, even to a, you know, high-end design firm. Um, we're going to walk, we're going to study your Instagram. We're going to look at your style. What are, what will, I'm not going to bring something in that you don't care about. And we're really just back to what we've been saying, intentional about it. And we have a process because we don't want to waste anybody's time. Nobody has time to bleed right now. And we just want to be effective and we want to be your partner. And we're here to design things. And that's another thing, too. Um, Like you came down to Cambria for what we call an experience trip. We do about 45 experience trips now per year. And a big part of that also is getting – we sit down with a roundtable and we get their feedback. Not just feedback on, you know, how, how how are we doing business with you and how can we be better? How can we better market? But what designs are we missing? What can we do to serve you? And that's a big part of my role at Cambria is going out and talking to those influential specifiers, if you will, all around the world and going to the European shows um, to really develop new, exciting designs that homeowners are going to love. That's that's my job. <laughs> so with that, with that job, especially around design, you know, for us, maybe behind the scenes that aren't aware of how long it takes for you to get through this design process, if you come up with the concept of your team summer, how long does it take from like idea to implementation? Like just that window of time and R&D, because yeah. there's a lot of that goes into it. I mean, you have to be on force yeah. and make it look great. And- I mean, you know, there's an art and science to this and, you know, I didn't go to school to, you know, design courts countertops. <laughs> it's not today. It's not at the universities. Um, so uh, it, it's really unique. And how long does it take? Um, if we have the existing technology um, today, we could scale up three to six months. Um, you know, our R&D process, it, it is literally kind of like as an artist, when do you walk away? You know, we could que- we could continue to tweak and tweak and tweak. It's so much different than a product development where you're kind of creating an object and you're like, yep, this is the object. Go make this object. Mm -hmm. This is like a canvas and we are manipulating the colorways and the veining structures and the depth. And as we're prototyping, um, you know, we might do two prototypes and go, oh my God, that is it. It's beautiful. Go. Or it could take, you know, 20. And then, so it is our job well, that has to be replication too. Like you look at like <laughs> some of the Britannicas. Make it again. <laughs> yeah, you have to be able to make it again. There has to be some sort of consistency, even though you're trying to make it look organic and natural as well. Yeah. And, and that is our engineer's job. So that's where I really partner with our engineers as far as, you know, they're the ones that translate the creative direction into the quartz countertop with all the different size quartz and colorways. And, you know, when we get to something, yes, this is amazing, then I have to ask the question, can you make it a million times just like this? 
And sometimes the answer might be, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if they're being honest. And then we actually can say, we'll make it anyway. <laughs> so with that, I mean, from your side, Summer, you, I, I would imagine you can't be in all 45 of these, you know, retreats or summits out there to get all this feedback. So for you and your team, you know, how are you, you know, networking with architects and designers to follow the latest trends? Where's the customer base going, you know, trade shows and, you know, where do you, where does that inspiration come from in that networking, you know, as you continue to advance the brand and design? Yeah. I mean, it's amazing this um, social media thing we have now. You you sure can consume a lot just sitting there. So, you know, that's the start of it. But I definitely go to Maison Objet in Paris. Um, they also have Deco Off, which is amazing. And you, I network with, it's American designers in Paris for a week. And you're with designers from all over North America, which is great. You don't have to go to every state. They all, the ones that are really influential and they invest in themselves, those are the important ones because if they're investing themselves to be better designers, going to Paris, going around the world, um, and then also going to Salone, which is in Milan. Have you ever been to Salone? I know. I'd love to go, though. So your kitchen, which is the kitchen and bath, it's every two years. It'll be in 24. You have to go. Okay. You, I mean- it will blow your mind. And I get so much inspiration, not just, you know, like looking at marbles and stones. That's great. But, you know, we're kind of, I'm beyond in 20 years looking at marbles and stones. It's hard to find something new, yeah. right? Just tweaks and different styles of Calcuttas, which is great. It's more about abstract and colorways. You know, what are the colorways coming? I went to Salone this year and brown was everywhere. This chocolate brown, you know, it wasn't black. And, um, you know, that I can take and translate into my work um, to make sure that I'm following the trends. Because U.S. follows Europe, but it, it doesn't does, always yeah. translate mm -hmm. exactly. Right. In, and markets different. Like in yes. the Midwest, like you're going to see a lot of different maybe in some ways – it could be more of a conservative palette as opposed to maybe a coastal city right? or even like Chicago. Or like Southwest. Modern. Southwest is totally here, different. Yeah, here totally. is totally different. It's like bringing the outside in. Yeah. And you I have a lot of that with the desert yes. you know, inspiration. And I've spent a lot of time with um, some really cool designers here and I have a few meetings. Um, I'm meeting Jamie Rose tomorrow. Oh, awesome. I'm excited. Yeah, Jamie's um, amazing. She's amazing. And I'm showing her our new designs we launched last week. Um, one that is, do you remember a year ago, we had a conversation we with did. her. So yeah, I'm, you, Jamie, and I have been collaborating behind the scenes on some stuff. Yeah, but. so I'm hoping she likes what I have to show her. Some of her good you know, influence went into my work. Yeah, that's amazing. And that's pretty neat. As you mentioned, it's the relationship side, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, Jamie, we have some pretty neat projects going with her. And I know she's been a big fan. And so it's neat to see that, you know, that. Uh, and the same thing, I went to Coverings. I mean, that's the first time yeah, I really went I to. I saw you there. Yeah, so we <laughs> saw each other's Coverings in Vegas and, uh. I was amazed. Like there's just a lot of product and manufacturers from overseas and local, just other stuff that, you know, I'm aware of as a builder, it's really important to understand kind of what's up and coming as well. And then a big part of it is the installation practices. And then the warranty side, I look at Camry. Well, I know if I put that in, it's going to be really low maintenance. It's going to be mm -hmm. non-porous. I don't have to do a ton of work over the years. So for me and my brand, it's like, okay, this is very beneficial. And so it's really important as a builder to understand what product am I put in the home and what exposure do I have as well. Exactly. Don't put that marble in, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> Just a lot of work, especially if they have kids, you know, some of our clients know. and they're like, hey, or they? it's beautiful. Yeah. It is so beautiful. I would be the first to say. Yeah. I get it. So outside of, you know, all the work stuff, like what do you do for fun summer? What keeps you busy? Oh my gosh. Um, I am obsessed with travel. <laughs> well, I'm sure that inspires a lot. A lot of the designers and architects get a lot of inspiration from travel too. Absolutely. Um, this year, I was in Rome a couple of weeks ago with the Design Leadership Network, which is a really cool group of about 300 American Wasn't designers. Eric there? Peterson? Yes, was Eric, Eric okay, Peterson. I think I remember my buddy him was there. Yeah. Our buddy. Yep. Yep. Yeah, He's the only Arizona Eric. representation. I know. He must have been. I saw him <laughs> posting there, and we've done a lot with Eric. And in fact, we just had a groundbreaking with him on Wednesday before Thanksgiving on this incredible home. It's going to be oh. amazing. Yeah. Pretty exciting nice. stuff. He does some great designs, so... He does. So how was that in Rome? It was amazing. I mean, talk about being an ancient city, you know, that has had the root. I learned, you probably know this. Do you know that Rome is built on top of Rome, on top of Rome? There's like four layers. And that's why they can't have a subway system there because of the ruins in the ground. And then we went to Amalfi Coast. So when I go on these trips, I'll take a 
weekend somewhere just to get different inspiration. And uh, we went to my husband joined me for the weekend. I'm newly married. In Congratulations. This year. Yeah. Thank you. So now I have a partner in crime. Um, we went to Amalfi Coast to Positano. That was inspirational. Just have you been? I've so I've been to Rome and I've been to Venice, but I have not done Amalfi. We missed that, so we got to get there. But you we're gonna do the to. French Riviera in April of next year, oh, Martha and I. So we're excited about so that. Amazing. You know, some of that southern part of France and Spain. Yeah. There's nothing like travel, and even coming here. I so I grew up in Arizona. I don't know if I told. You I that. didn't know that. Yeah, I went to Red Mountain High School. Oh wow, to mm. Red Mountain High School. I know that's crazy. That... <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. I had no idea. I'll buy Los Angeles out there, Mason. We're building some homes out there, but yeah, oh, small world. The building's insane yeah, out yeah, there. Yeah, there's some amazing homes out there. Yeah. So this weekend we hiked every mountain. I swear it was so fun. So I'm a huge hiker. Also, a lot of good hiking here in Arizona. So you can see why you come back, especially as it's getting colder back in Minnesota. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So what took you to Minnesota then from Arizona? My, I don't know if I told you, my dad was a cabinet maker here. He had a shop in Chandler and he did really high end. Um, and then back in the early nineties, there was a downturn in the economy mm -hmm. and his business really took a, a bad turn. And so um, I was 16, middle of high school and uh, my dad's friend was developing a golf course in Minnesota. And so we got invited up there. <laughs> Kicking and screaming, I went. Oh, I'm sure my wife had to move in high school. She grew up in California, moved out here junior year. And it's really hard. The middle of high school is tough to move. But I will say this, that it is character building. You know, your first day of your junior year, walking in, knowing nobody, and, you know, sitting at a lunch table all by yourself and having to develop friends. Um, that is changing. It could go one of two ways. And for me, it went in a really good direction because I learned I learned that I loved people and I it was very easy for me to develop relationships very fast. Um, and at that age, that's pretty that it's tough. It's really hard. I you know, I speak to my wife and she's the same junior. She moved to her sophomore junior, same as you. You know, I you know, fortunately for me, I was in the same high school. But I think what was unique for me is the middle school I went to, only, you know, 10 or 12 kids from my middle school into my high school. So, again, you're going to a high school where oh, they yeah. all have all friendships. New. They've known each other in elementary and middle. And now I'm here trying to figure it out. And there is some character building to that where you're out of your comfort zone. Mm -hmm. It's really hard. I mean, you, I'm sure you go to a lot of networking events. It's tough going to a networking event where you don't know anyone. When you interrupt people that are having a conversation, right? How do you break in? Exactly. No, it is. And and how do you do it in just such a natural, friendly way and, and break up somebody's conversation? Because mm -hmm. <laughs> everybody's in conversations, right? right. But um, yeah, it's But like there's no doubt that it affect like in a good way, positively. I mean, you could take it that way that it affected your drive and personality and your communication and, you know, building relationships, which is a big part of our business and what we do. Every day. Yeah. It's interesting how you can look back at those. A lot of times we go through difficult times as individuals and people in mind was 2011. I won't go into it in this podcast, but that was a really dark time for me. And, you know, you go through that and as you look back, you know, there's, there's a lot that can be gained if you're, you know, as you learn from that and you kind of use it as a catapult, if you will, instead of like the poor me side, which, which is hard. I mean, most of us are human, so it's easy to kind of get down those pits of despair, you know? I know. You got to dig deep. Mm-hmm. Life's crazy. Be positive. <laughs> so what's upcoming and exciting now for you? I mean, you mentioned you have some designs. You're going to show Jamie. What else is on the horizon? Yes. We, oh my gosh, we're working heavily on the kitchen and bath industry show, Trade Show Booth. Mm -hmm. um, the one that's coming up for uh, end of January, February in Vegas? In Las yep. Vegas, we'll be there. baby. Yep. Good. It's uh, 80 by 70. Wow complete new, completely new ground up from scratch. Wow. And that has been so much fun. Um, so we've been working hard on that. And then um, 23, we've got four launches we're working on. So that's pretty epic. Looking at new textures, new colorways. And then in 2024, we're actually working on new technology for a whole new collection that's coming in 24. So... Can't wait. Can't wait lot. to see them all. I know. <laughs> and Cambridge is always launching new stuff and you always have an amazing booth. We love to go by and bring in 12 of my employees. There'll be 13 of us oh at the gosh. Bella Show. Yeah, we're bringing like the whole group. Like wow, the whole field. The troop. The whole troop. The whole field crew's coming. And then Megan and Sue, who are my coordinators, they, so they're pretty excited because it's going to be a fun little team building and, you know, go see a lot of the vendors and stuff that we've had relationships with. So it's good for them too. I'm and it's excited. Vegas, baby. It's Vegas. Yeah, we're going to have so much fun. <laughs> well, that's amazing. So where can our listeners find you, Summer? 
Hmm, where can they find me? Uh, we can- In Cambria. Yep, <laughs> so at Cambria or on a plane um, or my social media, which uh, we follow each other, which is mm-hmm. fun. Um, I'm at Summer Kath, K-A-T-H. Instagram's my go-to. Um, I'd like to get better on the Twitter. Are yeah. you a big Twitter guy? Uh, yeah, I you know I spent I haven't posted for AFT like I need to start AFT one because um, I've been really active on LinkedIn and you know TikTok and YouTube and Instagram of course, um, but I've seen like Twitter like there's you know there's definitely a need to get on that platform you know with there's clientele. A lot so. of people. Yeah, it's going Although a lot there's too. a little <laughs> yeah. turmoil right yeah. now. Yeah, now it's a little crazy, but it's fun to see the banter back and forth. I guess to some extent. So yeah, no, watch from good. afar. Not be in the middle of it, right? <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. Just yeah. voyeur. Well, that's good. So we'll make sure to have your social media uh, handles t- um, tagged. You know, we'll do that in our thank you. in our release. And can't thank you enough, Summer, for sharing kind of your expertise on you know company culture and branding and design and all things you're doing. And so thank you for making time today. Absolutely. Let's do this again. We will. <laughs> Let's do this on a hike. Yeah. That'd be fun. So thank you all for tuning into the podcast today. And just as a recap, if you check the show notes. They're just going to have all the links for the topics that we discuss. And also one of our favorite features now is the chapters that go through the conversation. So if there's certain topics you want to revisit or listen to, they're outlined by the time that we discuss those. And again, we can't thank you enough for all of your support. Please make sure and download our podcast, subscribe, give us a five-star rating and review wherever you download your podcast.